Welcome to the Poll.com Tech Podcast. In this, po- this podcast, we share our experience with you to learn and entertain you. Showing a little behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Bol.com. Looking into the things that we are enthusiastic about that are happening here. As always, we have a bunch of ideas to share in this series. So this is how we do IT. I'm co-hosting this show together with Peter Brouwers. Peter is a team manager in IT. He started as a service delivery manager and is now leading one of our site reliability teams, project leads and software architects. And I'm glad to introduce Peter Paul as co-host. Peter Paul is working as team manager. Before that, he was an IT architect and even before that, a software engineer at Ball.com. In this episode, we talk about Kotlin. Kotlin, known as the cross-platform language, which started off in 2011. We think it's a great story to share because it was introduced within our feature teams by a group of enthusiastic software engineers a couple of years ago. So great. So let's, yeah, it's time to introduce our guests to you. First, we have Anastasia Evromovska, a passionate software engineer within Bot.com with great experience in feature teams and over the last months in our platform space, creating the building blocks for our cloud journey. Enthusiastic about Kotlin from the beginning, and we have Mikola Gurov, a great software engineer currently in our purchasing domain. He was a bit skeptical about Kotlin, so let's hear how he thinks about, about it nowadays. So yeah, let's go over to our guests, Anastasia. Hi, hello, Peter. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I, I think this is a great idea to start with. Nice. And Mikola. Hi. Hello. Okay, well, can you give some background of you uh, within Bot.com and how you got in contact with, uh, with the Kotlin. Yeah, uh, so I've been uh, working at Ball for a bit more than two years now as a, as a software engineer. And all of the time I was part of Team 88. That's one of our feature teams that uh, takes care of all the performance of our partners. Think of all the third party sellers or suppliers that make our platform run. Uh, and uh, actually it was quite a fun team to be part of. And one day our PO at the time, Kuhn, uh, decided that we should have this nice session called uh, Hack Your Hack, where you got two or three days to really hack your soul out, try all the different things you wanted to try. So besides of trying to change our front end, make it more flashy, we decided to try this new language that uh, we heard about together with uh, Victor Boss, one of our uh, more senior colleagues. So hello, Victor. <laughs> Uh, so we thought that, oh, this is this great language, Kotlin, uh, that's very nice alternative to Java, and we are all coming from the Java world. So we said, okay, we have two days, that's great, let's try it, let's see how it fits. It was for a small project, so even if it fails, we cannot really lose much. Okay, so it really started with a kind of a hackathon idea in the team itself, yeah, uh, supported yeah. by the product owner. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So nice. What about you, uh, Mikola? Hi. Um, yeah, my name is Mikolam. I work at Ball.com for four years al- almost. Um, and I started to hear at some point about those uh, teams making experiments with Scotland. Uh, I was initially indeed a little bit skeptical. First, I didn't see much value in Kotlin itself. I thought, yeah, we saw how Scala didn't go very well and Java is improving, but uh, people wanted and were enthusiastic. So we started to have uh, ideas of introducing it to our services, but our main service at that point was and still is 
becoming quickly monolith, a big monolith on itself with lots of technologies. So I was quite concerned to drop yet another thing into this whole ball of mud. Luckily, we do some microservices. So we had a small playgrounds where we could experiment. So we, when uh, we had an option to build a new small service with piece of the functionality, which by extracting it from our monolith, we decided to give Kotlin a try and since then, there is no way back. And we're already starting to uh, migrate uh, to add new functionality in that monolith that I was concerned about also in Kotlin because we learned how to work it, how to work with it. We learned what are the pitfalls and how it uh, works with other libraries and magic of other libraries. So you're mentioning that there's uh, no way back for you. And well, what made that you're so enthusiastic about it now or that your team or, or what, what great features does it have? Well, for me, uh, on production code, the big difference is the uh, handling of nullability. That was, I, I didn't, I hadn't expected actually, mm -hmm. but it's much, much more elegant than other approaches that we saw in Java with optionals and stuff. It really helps uh, to make more uh, clear and resilient, uh, to uh, have a more clear and resilient code. Um, then the data classes are helping a lot to uh, remove the boilerplate plate without um, uh, fancy libraries like Lombok. And for testing, I am really st uh, investing lots of time into testing uh, to, to uh, have a good testing coverage. And there, the Kotlin shines very well. So my advice, even if you're not using, if you're not ready to use Kotlin in production code for testing, it's really helping with functions uh, very conveniently with uh, where you can have named parameters and address them named and also with default so you can have very convenient setups and uh, if it's not enough then you can go make a step further and use dsls the feature of kotlin to create a very nice setups very convenient focusing on what you're testing not on everything okay so so sitting here we've seen uh uh, Anastasia, nodding all the time. <laughs> Have you something <laughs> to add or were this really the points uh, that Mikola was making? Yeah, I mean, Kotlin has very nice points. And for, for me, coming from the Java world, I, I found it a very gradual or flat learning curve. So I, I think we spent very little time learning the language itself and a lot of time really enjoying the nice features. For me personally, uh, I find it way less verbose than, than uh, Java is. So we gained a lot on speed. Uh, and it's a very nice mix between uh, object-oriented and functional language. Well, it's mainly object-oriented, I would say, but it has some really nice gems there that really help out. For example, you can have uh, functions that are not per se tied to a class. So you don't have to write all this all this code that, that you had to before. And uh, since version 1.3, there is this nice thing called coroutines, especially for people that do mobile applications, because Kotlin actually started on, on mobile and Android. And there you, you get really nice uh, background handling of network and UI, which is, which is really great, I find. Okay, so that's that's really cool. I, I hear things about the velocity uh, 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 gaining uh, positive effects over there. Uh, resiliency, it's it's improving. But can you also some, uh, share something about what you have to had to overcome? Because in Bold.com we had already some frameworks for the Java environment. Uh, so what what do you have to do over there? 
Uh, actually, it was not that bad, I must say, because underneath Java, oh, uh, sorry, Kotlin always goes to the Java virtual machine, and we have Axel, so that integrated quite well with our uh, framework for Microsoft. Can you explain a bit what, what Axel is about? Uh, yeah, so Axel is our own framework that wraps on top of uh, Spring that introduces some extra features that Spring does that are kind of more typical for Bol. So it's really more to make our lives easier within Bol. So given that Axel is written in Java, it was really easy to mix in Kotlin there. And we see that there are some library support already written in Kotlin also coming up in the, in the Axel uh, framework. Mikkel, did you have the same experience over there? Well, it was uh, reasonably smooth, I'd say. Yes, I agree. But uh, there are rough edges, especially if you're using some libraries, some magic libraries from Java world, then you're starting to hit those. Luckily, for, m for most used, uh, like Mokito or Spring, you have uh, nice uh, libraries or even language plugins that allow to overcome many of the rough edges. But we still hit from time to time certain issues. Like yesterday, I was working with some MyBetis or iBetis code and then just adding a small line in Kotlin, absolutely unrelated, broke everything. Uh, interesting uh, combination of magics. Um, sometimes, in some cases, the, in some edge cases, uh, Kotlin code can be slightly less convenient than Java, in, but it's not very often, like uh, passing functional references sometimes slightly more cumbersome in, in Kotlin. Uh, a minor thing. What I also noticed that it's uh, it's very easy indeed uh, to go from Java to Kotlin. The learning curve is not very steep. But if you are a new developer, not yet very well acquainted with Java, and then you are dropped into the mix, then we see that those people for those people it can be extra complexity, especially since many projects or many teams have mix of both Java and Kotlin. So, so what would be your advice over there? Start with Java and then pick up Kotlin, or what? What, what should you advise? What's uh, your advice? I, I don't have a good, ad a very good. I think it depends very much on what 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 the personal style. Some people are fine with uh, going in parallel. Some prefer to start slower. It's just something to be aware of that this is a, this is a cost probably, unless you have purely Kotlin only. Yeah, I would I would actually suggest starting with Kotlin itself and just picking out the things you need to know from Java, such as uh, the the data structures like lists, uh, etc. So just just start. It's it's quite easy to start. There is some nice literature out there, such as the Kotlin in Action. Even the creators of Kotlin have their own Coursera course, so you can look into that. It's completely free, and even the Pragmatic Programmer has a new book coming out in March, I think. So plenty to do there. And, and uh, of course, within Bowl, you can always drop at our G chat, Google chat, uh, chat room, Kotlin. You can ask for nice advice. I always see nice discussions there. And uh, coming back a bit on the topic, I really miss the ternary operator in Kotlin. It, it, it is personal annoyance for me. Sorry, can you explain that to me? Yeah, OK. So uh, there is this nice thing that you see in many languages that if you have to write a small if-else condition, such as if a is true, return x, otherwise return epsilon. And there is a nice shortcut that says if a question mark uh, x, otherwise two dots epsilon, that's the ternary operator. It's just kind of a shorthand if-else. 
And Kotlin doesn't support that. They ha they've been kind of stubbornly saying, no, you can you can write a really short if else. And uh, I mean, it's just my personal style that I use it a lot. So I'm I'm always kind of a bit annoyed. So you raised a feature request or so? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think people are raising it for a bit now, but they're like, nope, nope. <laughs> I, I like when there are not too many internal operations. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a thing of style. Like a style thing. Yeah. So, so what happened uh, when you found out in Bull.com that in, in, in different teams you were exploring the Kotlin uh, language? Uh, can you explain something about what happened after that? Um, in which uh, way do you uh, mean? Well, how did you gather together? Uh, how did you work together to get it really incorporated in Bull.com uh, way ways of working? Uh? Well, I think what helps is uh, that because we have many teams that are using Kotlin, the Excel framework that we mentioned, it uh, supports it fully out of the box uh, and it's properly documented in our internal docu documentation. So many examples are coming there. So again, you don't have to fight against uh, embarking it. And there are many teams with active channel, uh, then you can ask a question if you get stuck and usually you're getting unstuck very quickly. So that was when we started to switch a year ago to Kotlin, it was really easy. For the first teams, it was a little bit more complicated because at that time we had a more formal uh, process of uh, approving languages and it was taking some time to get through this hurdle, but thanks to the pioneers, we don't have this problem anymore. Yeah, yeah. For us, it was more of a word of a mouth. So, of course, you talk to other colleagues around the company and around Boral. So then you hear, oh, you're using Kotlin. Yes, we also tried Kotlin. How do you like it? Oh, I find it really nice. So that's how you kind of build the community. And as many things in Bowl, it's about a bit of a grassroots sort of movement. And, and I personally liked it. Yeah. Can you make an estimation of how many people in IT? IT organization in Bowl.com is 450 people, I think. Ish. Um, how many of them are now engineering in Kotlin? It's always very difficult because you yeah. are living in some bubble and you know if almost everybody around me is using Kotlin in this or another way, either enthusiastically or just inherited the service. So I would say 100%, but I know that <laughs> you can always find uh, other bubbles where people will probably not be using. Yeah, I don't know how many people we have in the group maybe on the chat, around 50-ish, a bit more maybe. So it's it's not a small number, I would say maybe a fourth. But also, if you look at look at the statistics, like every year there is the Stack Overflow survey, which I find quite nice. Uh, they had uh, the data that Kotlin is the fourth most loved language and the fifth most wanted. What does that mean? Is that from people that actually work with Kotlin, they place it on the fourth place of most loved language, language they really like to code in. And people that don't code in Kotlin would really like to code. That's like the most wanted language. And it's within the top five. So I think it's, uh, oh wow, 86 uh, members. Nice, <laughs> nice. So we are around fourth or fifth. Yeah, and these are probably the active uh, users. I think that yeah. there are more users in the team. There's probably yeah. equal <laughs> amount of passive users that are just Something like that. observing the channel. Yeah. But there are still, of course, teams that prefer to stick to Java. Either they uh, build some service which is considered to be strategic and they don't <coughs> want to risk with uh, 
still a little bit proprietary techno well, not proprietary but still not as uh, f- foundational as Java technology. Sometimes yeah. they make these compromises. Like I think our checkout office was having lots of discussion about that and they ended up doing Java. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Java is there for 20 years, highly supported. You can you can get support everywhere, so it's understandable that you yeah. need to be a bit careful. And if you run into issues with Java, you can Google it and Kotlin. Well, maybe you are the first one to to hit something. Um, I think uh, it's not the, we are not in the early adoption phase with Kotlin. Yeah, it's more or less uh, fine as well. Actually, with Googling, it's a little bit even easier now. Well, with Sh- with Kotlin because. Java has so 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 much much history that you can Google something that was valid five years or ten years ago, which is not very valid now. Yeah, yeah. And Though I must say, you you do come across a lot of Android questions yes. when you Google Kotlin, but okay, comes with the territory. They were first there. <laughs> <laughs> it's also uh, very convenient for the feature teams that uh, Kotlin has this very nice vertical integration, so they ship. IntelliJ with the full sup- the proper support of the language, and even if they introduce some breaking changes or some advices, you can see it from IntelliJ. You can get hints. It's uh, like not the core of the language, but it really pre- uh, helps to move faster. If you're opening a project after after they migrated, uh, they changed something in the language, you will uh, get a dialogue saying, "Would you like to double check that everything is running fine?" Yes, no. Yeah, yeah. It's running fine. You don't yeah. have to do anything yourself. That yeah. helps. And, and wasn't Kotlin in introduced by IntelliJ just to have this extra promoted or so? Was, uh, was there something going on over there? I, d- I don't know what what's exactly the reason, but that worked very well. Yeah, <laughs> so that proved. That, yeah. that proved. And what, is, what is the coolest you, you did with Kotlin in this, uh, in, in Bold.com and your teams? Well, actually, we, we loved it so much that Team 88 kind of has all their services now in Kotlin and in the cloud, by the way. <laughs> uh, so all our services are in Kotlin and it, it worked pretty well. Uh, my personal favorite was the Tina service, this NAT activity that is a bit of a state machine. And it worked very well with Kotlin, having it as a state machine, just because we had the, the functions that were detached from classes. So that really made our code base really neat and clean, I would okay, say. Cool. You're, you're touching the cloud uh, uh, aspect. The, the, our journey to the cloud is uh, yeah, we're in, in, the, in, the, in the middle of it. You're saying uh, we, we moved to the cloud with Team 88. Did it help you to, to speed up the move to the cloud, Kotlin, or doesn't have that anything to do with it? Well, I don't think it, it had anything to do with it. It just made our development in general faster. So you, you combined those, uh, those journeys in, uh, in some way. Okay. What about you, the, your coolest? thing you did with Kotlin? Oh, with Kotlin. Uh, the thing is, uh, yeah, the coolest thing you do with Kotlin or without Kotlin, it's just Kotlin enables certain uh, things. I think the testing, um, making test testing a little bit easier to follow and maintain without relying on complicated libraries like Cucumber or Spock, that's the coolest thing, I believe, but it's not shared by everyone, so <laughs> it's a little bit personal. Um, other than that, uh, in one of our services, I really like how simple was it to work with uh, database, with GDBC, with just a simple uh, simple GDBC query uh, templates of Spring without relying on any operation relational mapping. 
and also with the power of uh, Kotlin with, the, uh, with very simple syntax, it was very much more convenient than, than it used to be in Java. Still, again, not a showstopper, not a deal breaker, but really much more convenient. Yeah. Which, which databases did you use in combination with Kotlin? And Our main database of choice here at Bold.com is Postgres. So we use it with Postgres and also uh, you, in our team we use a lot of uh, JSON fields so we don't use very normalized databases. We try to keep things closer to each other and there it also worked nice. Cool. And for you, uh, did you use any other data stores uh, with Kotlin or basically the same? Well, it's it's a bit the same, I would say, because we are actively moving out of the Oracle database. So all our new services come kind of by default coupled with Postgres. But I must say, indeed, the data classes in, in Kotlin really make it nice to, to map your objects in the database to your code. Yeah. So and from from what I uh, heard you uh, you're telling uh, in the in the preparation, uh, you, you went to some conferences as well um, you, to get inspired. Uh, was Kotlin also there uh, promoted and, and, and seen as the, the language for uh, which is here to stay or what did you learn over there? Yeah, that's true. Actually, I was, I was a bit surprised on how early we were compared to what I heard at the conferences uh, because our first uh, touch with Kotlin, I would say, was uh, October 2017. That's around the time when uh, JetBrains was pushing the first release version, was 2016, I think, February. So around a year passed and then we adopted it. And then I went around the same year to the go to Amsterdam and there was kind of no talk of Kotlin that much, maybe one or two. Uh, but then this last year, 2018 in Antwerp, we went to the DevOps conference and suddenly everybody was talking about how do you start with Kotlin, uh, what are the nice things of Kotlin, what are the books coming out. And I think it has really taken up the, the Java community by by a storm. Especially the backend, because I yeah. think it uh, had quite a little bit of history, well, more history of the Android especially area where they had, uh, uh, they, they were stuck with earlier versions of Java. But uh, since recent, it started to focus also to include back back backend services, and that's yeah. yeah. Well, I, th I think it's uh, time to go to the to the closing round. It's uh, it's uh, really going fast the time. But to summarize for our for our listeners, can you share your most important takeaway with us? Once you start. Yeah. So if you know some Java, or if you don't know some Java, that's also fine. Uh, Try it. It's really easy. Uh, you can find a lot of resources and it will definitely improve your speed. You will, you will love it. Yeah, just try it. <laughs> Even if it's just for tests. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the rest will come full full. You really love the testing at Kotlin, don't you? <laughs> yes, it makes a big difference. Wow, so testing and uh, it's it speed up a lot, uh, so that's good to hear. And I think the, the product owners would love to hear that as well. So I uh, hope they, uh, they are listening as well. So yeah, thanks Anastasia and Mikola for sharing your stories with us. It was great and awesome to hear about your experience. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and you're willing to come by on another occasion. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun.